On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Jim O'Loughlin. Sean's dead. And we have another O'Loughlin on the show, or O'Loughlin, I guess. I, I'm, we need O'Loughlin. To talk, O'Loughlin. We need to talk about the pronunciation. I'm sure we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm sure um, we're wrong. <laughs> this is, uh, it, it has been a really long time since we released an episode, and we say that almost every episode because we do take some time between, but this is our 2021 St. Patrick's Day special, where we're going to talk about some Irish music, and and uh, we picked the perfect guest to join us because he is actually a Irish musician, and uh, you, we were able to find a time that we could all get in. I, I, I normally like to have a beer or whiskey when we do these episodes, but it's 10 a.m. where we are, and uh, I, I just couldn't bring myself to, to, to do it this early. It's 10, but, it's um, 10 p.m. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, right? It's a good so, idea for yeah, It's, it's nah. 10 p.m. in China, I can tell you that. Um <laughs> So we want to welcome on Josh O'Loughlin. Um, thank you so much, Josh, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. I love your last name. Big fan. <laughs> What's up, people? Before we get into the conversation with Josh, I want to take a quick minute and talk to you about Pantheon Podcasts. As you've heard in previous episodes, we are very proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network. They are a network of music podcasts. If you love this show, then I guarantee you'll find lots more shows at Pantheon that you would love as well. It's chock full of some amazing music podcasts from a bunch of amazing hosts. Check it out, pantheonpodcast.com. Make sure you give them some love on social media as well. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. It's really funny kind of how we bumped into Josh. Uh, Dad, if you want to go ahead and tell that story, I'll kind of start it off. My company, the Global Aquaculture Alliance, has a conference every year. And the last couple of years have been a little different because we've done it virtually, but almost every year we go to a different country in a different region. And a few years ago, we had it in Dublin, Ireland. And so I said, hey, dad, you can come to Ireland with me. All you have to pay for is your flights and your meals, and you can stay in the hotel that you know my work is paying for. And he jumped on it and decided to come with me. And we had a little family trip. We stayed for a few more days afterwards. And we spent, I think, what were we like? eight or nine days over there 11 days 11, 11 days, days oh, of wow. bliss <laughs> a bliss yeah so uh best week and a half in my so, life so dad you're you're really the one that uh, got in contact with josh so why don't yeah. you take it from there well the, f- the funny thing is this all started with me being the creepy dad which isn't a surprise i think you know with most dads um we were at um i think it was the the welcome show or the opening show uh at croke park um uh, for your company sean yeah it was like the welcome and- reception and, and it was, I mean, I'm sure to anybody, you know, who's who's a native and and Josh, you might have been laughing at this too. You know, it, it seemed a little kind of contrite and kind of, you know, a little forced over the other. Oh, look at this happens to be a little Irish pub in the corner over here. And, and you know, but it, but they brought in some really top-notch entertainment. Um, there was dancers um, and there was a kick-ass band of which Josh was part of. And after, you know, so, you know, in, in typical form when people are sitting getting ready to have dinner or whatever, and after the entertainment was over, they did a quick introduction of, of the, the 
you know, the members of the band and all that before people kind of went on their way and did the corporate thing. And it was one of those, like, it kind of caught my ear. The what, what, what did he just say? Josh O'Loughlin or however they, they they pronounced it and stuff. And it's like, okay, th- this is weird. You know, we, we've got to go do this. So, so here I am, you know, creepy dad, you know, kind of watching him and, you know, as you guys are breaking down and going backstage and everything else. And I just went up and introduced myself and I said, we're related somehow. I have no idea how, but we're related <laughs> and stuff. And introduced us also, you know, what we're doing and, and all that. And got, you know, the, the, the uh, prerequisite picture and, and all that. And ever since then, um, Josh is very active um, around the island and also uh, on social media and an incredible musician. So I've been kind of following you along too. So kind of as a long lost, you know, ugly cousin kind of thing from America, <laughs> like who's this idiot that keeps creeping on me from, from another part of the world? So I've, I've just been kind of watching and, and, and learning and, and, and really uh, and like enjoying the stuff. So I figured, oh, Let's give it a shot. You know, something that's truly Irish. Um, Sean and I love the idea of being Irish. And when we were there, um, went to seek out real Ireland instead of just the, the Dublin Ireland that I think sometimes people see. Yeah, it's definitely what you want to do. Yeah, and had an unbelievable experience. Um, to this day, it, it's some of the, the, the best things that, that, you know, that I could ever do, not only with my son that I was asked to do it, but the fact that I, it was a lifelong you know, dream of me being sometime in Ireland. I want to go back, and who knows if I'll get there. I'm, I'm old and everything. Yeah, else, we'll but, we'll get there. You know, it was just we're going to shack up with Josh. We'll, yeah, it was <laughs> magical. Oh, yeah, he, that's that's the other reason we're we're doing this today because we're sitting table because we're, <laughs> yeah. we're going to come and we're going to come and live with you for four or five months. So just get ready. <laughs> was that your only trip to Ireland? That's it. Yeah, well, for and, now. Uh, for and, now. Uh, yeah, for now. And then after that, um, just have noticed, you know, um, you know, incredible talents, and wanted to make sure that we kind of shared that with everyone else and get some kind of family stuff going as well. So welcome, Josh. Now, explain. O'Loughlin? O'Loughlin? Are we wrong? Are you wrong? What, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> I suppose no one's wrong. It's all subjective, isn't it? It's uh, <laughs> O'Loughlin. Well, my interpretation of the name comes from the Irish language, which is O'Loughlin, which means the people of the lake, which is what the Irish original Celtic people would have called the Vikings when they landed in Ireland. So Loch Lynn, Lake People, Vikings. And, uh, so are you saying our legacy goes all the way back to the Vikings? Yeah, that's where the name origi- would have originated. Loch Lynn was the name that we would have, well, Meant not to me it. personally, but what that the Gales would have given to the Vikings when they first invaded Ireland. So nice. we're Vikings at heart. I like it. Anyway. <laughs> that makes so much sense. So first and foremost, and, and now I'm going to be quiet afterwards because I want you guys to talk about, you know, your musical side of things too. But Josh, do you even remember that? It's like, yeah, I don't even I do remember that, 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 that meeting because that was creepy and you had 65,000 <laughs> gigs since then. No, it was definitely like it, it was one of the more memorable gigs that I've done in Dublin for sure. Like we always prefer to do the kind of corporate gigs and the special gigs that are happening around the That's city. That's where the money's Especially, at, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> where... Um, they happen in places like Croke Park because the conference rooms in Croke Park are incredible. Like you probably remember the view of the stadium and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only time I've ever played there actually. Like I've been there many times, but I had never been inside the conference rooms before. And it was all set up kind of for business. And like you said, a little Irish bar and it was uh, pretty cool. I was working with a guy that runs a show called the Irish dance party, Dan O'Sullivan. And Dan was actually the Illum Piper with a band called the Young Wolf Tones. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they spend a lot of time touring the yeah, States. Yep. Damaris Woods and Derek Warfield and all of them. So Dan plays with them, but he, when he's home, he has his own business called the Irish Dance Party. And 
kind of on and off over the years. I've gigged a lot for Dan and kind of worked with Dan where they do kind of Irish dance shows and they teach the spectators how to dance and do all that. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yep. So it's a, it's a different kind of show, but it's a lot of fun because you kind of get people involved. You know, it's, it's more of an interactive thing and less of a concert, which is nice. And is that easy to kind of jump onto because you're mostly playing like, like session tunes? Yeah, pretty much. Like we we work with dancers, and a lot of the music is universal. Like jigs right. and reels. Like every jig is going to have the same time signature. Every reel is going to have the same time signature. So when you're working with dancers and stuff, they can tell you play a jig, and any jig will do. In a context like that, anyway, there That's are certain cool. dances that are made to kind of match specific tunes. But in general, it's a very universal music, which is good. We're I think I have it. a video somewhere. In, I do uh, of that when when that was happening. So maybe we can share that when this episode goes live. Yeah, I have that. Yep. So what we wanted to talk about today was we wanted to give our listeners. You know, the the majority of our listeners are in the states, and we wanted to give them a little smack in the face of reality of <laughs> when it comes to Irish music. So when yeah. we went to Ireland, we rented a car after we were done in Dublin. We rented a car and we we drove west. We drove terrifying. We drove cross country, um, terrifying. In search of real traditional Irish music. Um, Before you go any further, first we had to drive out of Dublin. That was the worst. Get on the motorway to drive west, and that that was was terrifying. And I, uh, my first time driving thirty seconds into it, um, I smashed mirrors with another car. So that was the beginning of it. So it was great. (laughs) Was that was the. The terrifying nature of it was it because of driving on the left hand side? Or? It, yes, for me it was that combined with the how Shift. narrow the roads were. Yeah, because like as soon as you you get like the side of the road, it's not like there's like a ditch or an embankment. It's like or a stone wall. Yeah. It's like, you're like driving two feet from a stone wall all the time. And it was how do you it, find it was, the driving driving stick? We didn't. We didn't. We oh, okay. didn't. I anticipated that and actually um, set it up that we uh, we reserved one with that was not a stick because yeah. I can drive a stick, but not the with idea my, of shifting with my hand left hand, hand was yeah. kind of yeah. terrifying. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'd still be in Dublin, stuck in the garage yeah, if, if that was the case. We, we would yeah. have left. So I don't know. I think you guys have it right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So the simpler, um, the better. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we went out looking for real Irish music because my perception was, uh, uh, Josh, have you spent any time playing music in the states? I certainly have actually a lot of I spent a lot of time in the west coast playing. Oh, okay. I was in uh in 2017 I spent maybe 3 or 4 months in in and around San Francisco. Oh, okay. So I don't know what it's like on the west coast but in in America most of the Irish music that you hear is either played at in in small bars and pubs like in with mm-hmm. sessions and that's that's one thing but we've talked about sessions on this show but when we were talking yeah. about like Irish music performance and, and singing songs and, and bands playing, you either get two things in, in the States. It's it's Irish punk bands like Flogging Molly, Dropkick Murphys, and, and all of the wannabes that try to emulate them, which are fantastic. No, nothing, nothing towards them. I love yeah. I, this shirt is probably almost 20 years old. I've been a fan for a very long time. You get that side of things or you get the very kind of cheesy commercialized uh, you know yeah. they sing they sing the traditional songs when Irish eyes are smiling and all that stuff and they only do it for, around St. Patrick's Day for a week and yeah, everybody's we wearing we all dub it green as the plastic paddy music yeah yes. that's a really plastic good way patties. to do it it's just it just doesn't feel authentic and it doesn't feel real even if the people mm-hmm. playing are you know straight from Ireland and like someone like you who's a musician from the country it still doesn't feel 
authentic. authentic. And so we said, we're going to go to these small towns. We're going to go to Kong and we're going to go to some of these other small, tiny little towns and find people playing music for the sake of playing music. And we did it and it was fantastic. And so what I want to talk about with you is what is the music scene like for traditional Irish music in Ireland so we can get an idea of kind of what it what what it's actually like what to it engage should in be that. like right yeah. right and, and especially two, around St. Patrick's sorry. Day is it different around St. Patrick's Day over there than it is throughout the rest of the year and and keep in mind too that we found that when we went to Temple Bar area which in Dublin obviously is the the touristy place but it felt like it, like okay we were in any bar in in downtown Boston stuff and we wanted so so we ended up in Doolin. Yep. Essentially, and stayed there for two, mm-hmm. three days, I think, and went to the, the three or four bars that are in this smallest town in the world. Kind yeah, of we went. We went to Kong, yep. and we found a little animosity towards us because I don't think they're used to having tourists. Uh, and then in the we fall, moved, especially. And then we moved on to um, to Doolin, and that was that was where we found what we were looking for. Yep, I'm not surprised. Clare is the heart of it, the heart of the music. I'm I'm from County Clare as well. Like it's in the kind of middle of the west of Ireland and a lot of people call it County Clare the home of Irish music. Yeah. Because a lot of the oldest music and the oldest uh, band traditions and things would have come from West Clare around Doolin and Kilfenora and that kind of area. But yeah, there's a very, very distinct uh, two worlds. (laughs) Two worlds in Irish music, at least in Ireland. Like there's the Plastic Paddy. I don't even like calling it Plastic Paddy because there is some authenticity in there at times as well but a lot of like what you said the the temple bar stuff is built to cater towards the tourists mm. who have a certain idea of ireland and this is what it is and this is what we want to see and you kind of give that to them because it's what brings in the money right. <laughs> and, um, there's Rightfully nothing so. against it there's definitely there's some gems in there there's there's some good stuff hidden in the middle of all of that there really well is. the music is had, good regardless yeah. that's what it is the music is good it's the it's the mm-hmm. whole package that the delivery is, that makes it different a lot of the Turaluras and Diddly Idle Do's and all of that kind of stuff, my shillelaghs, <laughs> and that all would have originated in Irish America in the 1920s, 30s. And it would have come from that and from vaudeville and humorous songs like that and traveled back to Ireland. So there's kind of that kind of music, in my opinion, at least, is very amalgamated. It's like a mix of Ireland and Irish America coming together and kind of creating its own little genre based on what the Americans would see Ireland as, which is good too. But um, the authentic stuff that you'll find in the west of Ireland and in the little towns is a whole other tradition that goes back thousands of years. It would have started like in the 15, 1600s with illum pipes. Wow. I don't know if you've seen illum pipes. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, harps, Irish harps, um, stuff like that. They would have been the oldest instruments that we had going into battle and stuff and it kind of moved on from that and the tradition was passed by ear mostly from person to person there would have been music masters fiddle masters and harp masters that traveled from town to town teaching the music the kids in the town they would come and they would stay in someone's home and in exchange for food and lodgings or whatever they needed they would give lessons music lessons to the children of the area or adults of the area as well and that's where the music would have come from it would have come from them into the kids or the adults who would then teach them to the next generation and that's why a lot of the music we have down there still exists today and most of it is ancient like we wouldn't know who wrote it we wouldn't know where it came from it's, it's really like interesting the most when you think about organic it. form of musical and artistic evolution 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's fantastic. But then there's branches within that as well because you have the pure traditionalists that wanted to remain exactly how it was a thousand years ago and don't want it to change. And then you have a whole other branch of people that love that idea and love everything about it, but also want to expand on it and bring it into the modern world, which is where you get modern tune compositions and arrangements and kind of bands mixing rock music with trad. And the two groups, I wouldn't say always get along or see eye to eye, but I I see value in everything, to be honest. I like everything that they do. And I really like modern Irish traditional music too. But what you're going to see when you go to the small towns and find little bars with old and young people playing music together is going to be the old stuff, the real traditional stuff. Like the, if you want to see and hear the heart of Ireland from long, long ago, it still exists in that music and in what they're doing. So when we go to a bar in Doolin, which we spent hours at, at all, we had Gus O'Connor's and I can't remember some of the other names and stuff. And we and parked ourselves that, in for like four hours and right. probably had two full bottles of whiskey over that time between <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> and it seems like 9.30 was the magic hour, whatever time when, when the musicians kind of come in and, and they, they kind of fill their, their coveted spots in, in the middle of the bar and all. Is that very traditional music for the locals, for themselves, for the musicians? Or is it also, we know that there are tourists in the area, even though in mid to late October, there probably weren't a lot at that point. We might have been the only ones, but the place was still packed on a Tuesday night or whatever night it was. Would that have been very traditional music? And that's what you're talking about, that kind of expectation? So did we, I guess, I guess, did we experience it? You definitely did. I will give you that because those people that do that would have been the genuine article and that's what they do. But it's probably also, in a way, in more recent years, catered towards tourists, in a sense. Mm. Because Doolin would be kind of famous at this point in the world for, as a place for traditional music. So tourists will come there and you can see like yourself, like the entire street. Reason. The entire street is full of accommodation and B&B and hostels mm-hmm. and things like that. And they will put music on to cater f- towards tourists who want to hear that. But right. Well, I Doolin like to think the that 19- the, the tourists that come to places like that would be people like us, like more purists yeah. who want to really experience yeah, the exactly. music as people opposed actually, to people who want to go and just chug as much Guinness as they can and, and mm-hmm. get smashed. I always tell face. that to so many people, like if you want to experience real Ireland, you have to go to somewhere like Doolin or go to County Clare or go to Kerry or go to Donegal because Dublin's fantastic you know, and Temple Bar is great fun, great crack. You'll experience it and you'll really enjoy it. But Dublin isn't Ireland. I think they're very two. It is, but it isn't. I think they're very two two very different worlds. I I made a living in playing music in Temple Bar for seven years, eight years, and it's a great place. Like you meet really interesting people, you get to the heart of a different type of music. But that's 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 what it means. It's a different type of music, you know? right? Best right. fish and chips I've ever had at Temple Bar. By the way, <laughs> um, burdocks. What? Oh really? Oh, I guess we missed out. We we actually we also went no, to Burdo- burdocks so- is in Temple Bar. Oh, oh, okay. I think I think it's probably the one you went to. Maybe, yeah. Oh no, it, the well, church. The church well, was where we got the fish. Oh and yeah, chips. the church. Oh, the church, church bar. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very nice. Uh, so we we actually when we first first traveled west, we 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 went first to Galway, and mm-hmm. I feel like it was a mixture of what you were saying, like that plastic patty music, um, mm-hmm. and we did. We we did hear some fantastic bands in Galway too, and I, I love the the feel walking around uh, in Galway. You know, we we walked from yeah. our hotel all the way downtown, and it felt a lot like uh, like Boston. You know, we grew up going to Boston and Faneuil Hall yeah. in Boston, and it felt mm-hmm. very similar to that with yeah. more going on. Um, it, yeah. Was, yeah. it was more fun, but it, it um, felt like a more authentic Boston. Boston to me 
uh, and Dublin are one and the same. You know, there's, uh, there's a, Bo- Dublin was Boston. Right. It was and, exactly you know, there, like there's Boston. a park in the middle of both of them, and you know, it's on a river, and you know, it, it's it's geared towards tourists, but there's international pe- people and feel and everything too. Yeah. But but Galway felt a lot more authentic. I liked Galway. I, I would spend more time in Galway. Next Galway time. is my favorite city in Ireland. Yeah, 100%. we loved it. Yeah. We loved it. Yeah. I, I was kind of kicking myself that uh, we didn't spend more time there. We only spent yeah. one night there. Galway right. to me right. is the real kind of cultural capital of Ireland. If you're looking for culture, you go to Galway. Yeah. Dublin yeah. is okay. more of a Dublin strikes me as more of a European city than an Irish city. I could see if that, that makes right. sense. I like the history in, in Dublin, you know, um, yeah. especially with the rising and all that stuff. But but you're right, it felt it felt which was fine. I mean, that's where, where the the conference was. But the interesting thing with the conference was Sean was working five days or however many days, and I was on my own, so I would just walk to the center of Dublin and, and kind of check it all out. I mean, of course, we did the storehouse in, in Guinness and all the other things you're supposed to do. But, you know, once we got out of the city, it just felt like, okay, I want to spend weeks and weeks here, and, and including Galway, too. The funny thing yeah. about Galway, too, when we went to that King's Head, Sean, well, I think I sent this to you last week, we saw a, um, a band called the Kings of Connet. You, you, you know them, Josh? You know? I've heard of them. Yeah. Heard of them. Um, and they were they, fantastic. They young guys. Young guys, real young guys. You know, yeah. I want to say maybe not – not too far out of their teens kind of thing um playing very traditional music and 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 mm-hmm. and telling the story that they want to play traditional music you know not so much kind of the the, new, yeah. the newest style of it one of their members died last week like oh, wow. yeah. like the, the banjo player which was a really young looking kid i mean he looked like he was 14 or something like this i'm sure he was older but um and i don't know what the, the circumstance around it was but it was terrible but and i've been kind of following them since since we got back in the states too great band great stuff they did but you know, kind of tragic when you think about that you know yeah but, for sure yeah we love galway we loved you know we went into almost every bar down there and, and just kind of and listened and li- and it's funny because we sean and i are the type that we're not going to go into bars and, and drink for the sake of drinking you know of yeah. course you have to have your your prerequisite drink that you stay but we're there to hear the music and to kind of absorb the, the feel mm-hmm. too yeah we're galway the weird guys at concerts that sit in the back stand in the back of the room like without really moving much and just like laser focused on what's going on on stage that's that's us we're those weirdos you definitely get a lot of authenticity in galway like there's t quilly and there's the king's head and a few places like that that have a lot of irish sessions a session is a very different thing from a concert you know or a gig right like a session you could have anything up to 40 50 musicians on a busy day sitting in a circle all jamming irish tunes yeah, that's it's, what it's we essentially talked with a Shannon jam Heaton about. That's why I bought my banjo, and I wanted to <laughs> yeah. learn. I wanted to learn those tunes. Yeah. I I just I love <laughs> listening to them, and it, it, there's something if you really listen to them closely, which is what we're all about on this show, is closely listening to music. You really get the feeling kind of inside your belly, and you you want to participate in it. And I I feel like yeah. sitting in that environment with a whole group of people playing the same song uh, would just be so. Like special. it would be, yeah, it would, it, there, it's a feeling that I haven't experienced yet that I would really, really love to someday for sure. Yeah. Do you prefer to do sessions and session tunes or, or to play more songs like performing for people, for a crowd? Personally, I'd be a fan of like a mix, a mix of both. I'd be more, I'd consider myself, even though I was brought up in kind of strict Irish traditional music because County Clare and the area where I'm from and my teachers would all have been very purist in terms of Irish music, but I consider myself more of a, folk musician in general I suppose just because of my preferences and I would have been very influenced by a band called Planksty growing up and a band yeah. called Stock- Stockton's Wing Christy Moore Christy Moore was a member of Planksty yep okay yeah <clears throat> and uh, they would have been very much about like um, 
a mix, a blend of songs and tunes and that kind of stuff. While very much like their Ilan Piper was one of the most prolific musicians, trad musicians of the last century in Ireland, Liam O'Flynn. And he was very much a purist, but he was also able to play with bands like Planksty and play with the National Symphony Orchestra. So he was a real, like, it's important to be a good all-rounder, I think, but I do love the song tradition. I think uh, it's more, it's it's closer to my heart maybe than the tunes are, which is strange to say, even though I was brought up with the tunes, but I'm a fan of both, So to make a long so story when- short. So when you're you're performing a gig, I mean, obviously you have to you have to know your audience and you have mm-hmm. to you have to play to your audience the right way. Uh, are there more excitements of the old? This is going to be a lot more towards the traditional stuff that I love to play, or I have to sprinkle in, you know, the the you know the the, the plastic stuff too. Not, and, and not not to not to put down, but like Johnny Cash yeah. or Springsteen, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. In the meantime, and everything else, it depends where you're playing and what you're doing, like. If and I if you play- did that in County Clare, would you be thrown out of the bar because you're playing too much of that stuff and you need I to probably play would. more tradition? You would, okay. <laughs> would. Like, de- depending again on the context, like the majority of gigs in County Clare are going to be session gigs, number one, which really? means it'll be me and two or three other musicians and anyone else that wants to join in can join but that's in. Not a paid. that's not a paid gig for you. Session gigs can be paid gigs. Um, oh, okay. What, what happens is you would have a session leader, a one, one or two people or even three that are running the session and getting paid to have the session regardless. And then anyone else that wants to join in would join in. So if you see a big session that's been organized by a bar, there would tend to be maybe one or two people that are getting paid and the rest are all coming to have fun. Because regardless, they're going to be there. Yeah, those two are going to be there. There's going to be music. Fun fun story, Dad. I don't know if you remember this, but (laughs) when we we went out in Dublin... Uh, I don't remember where it was, but we we were trying to find a place to eat because we hadn't eaten anything. And we were starving, and we and we said, "Oh, this place is going to have music," and we were so excited. It was a, you know solo acoustic guitarist, just like you'd see anywhere. And we were like, "All right, well, at least maybe we'll go in. We'll you know we'll hear the, we'll hear the Irish Rover or whatever." He gets up on stage, was, and he and, do you remember what he plays? Springsteen, Country Roads. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Country Roads, take me home. I'm like, I didn't come all the way to Ireland. To hear Country Road take me home. <laughs> See, John this, this is the funny thing. Like like I said, in the session gigs, you're going to have 90% tunes and right. maybe 10% songs. And those songs are going to be really traditional. There might not even be any Backing instruments music, being played. Yeah. It might just be someone singing a song, singing a song in Irish. Or someone could just sing a song that they really like. Like there's there's a lot of, uh, uh, what would you say? It's, it's very open. You can kind of sing whatever sounds good or what you enjoy when you're in a situation like that but if you sing more if you try and sing more than one song people are going to stop listening to you they want to hear uh, really? tunes. yeah and it's this was of, definitely like said, uh this was definitely <laughs> like okay this tunes. guy comes in on fridays and saturdays and plays for the tourists and you know he's yeah, got his yeah. tip hat then out. in the likes of killarney or temple bar or places like that you want both but it's going to be the complete opposite it's going to be 90 percent songs yeah and 10 yeah. percent tunes just to kind of fill it in or and depending that's what we certain, get mostly in the states yeah yeah with, depending with certain Irish bands or bands like Floggy Molly or that kind of thing, like it's all the tunes would be more of, I, d- I don't want to say it in a bad way, like it's not a gimmick, but it's kind of a party piece. Like, yep, the fillers, yep, in yeah. between. It's Play like, it as it's fast like it's as possible, possible give them the credit, Instead of writing a riff for their song, they are yeah. taking a piece of traditional yeah. tune and putting it in there mm-hmm. and that's actually something that was incorporated and the emphasis with these kind of bands is to play the tune as fast as possible so yeah. that you kind of get the crowd going but um it works in, really well i love it, it i mean does. that's it does i i i've i grew up loving irish music 
and I also mm-hmm. grew up loving punk rock. And so when I discovered that they could come together, it <laughs> it, it opened my whole world up. Which um, and it can be done really well. Like I love Flogging Molly and Dropkick Murphys and the OG, like the Pogues. That's where it all started. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yep. When the yep. Pogues merged with the Dubliners. Uh, for a couple a couple songs, that was a yeah. kind of a cool moment. But there's a reason that there's a reason that they're so popular and they're classic, and so, and they've written some of the best songs that have ever existed, in my opinion. So yeah, nice. can't go wrong. So so I remember that that place, Sean. It was it started with a G, and it was green. It was like a light green. green color. They had like Gogarty's. Gogarty's. Oliver Saint John Gogarty's. That's what it is. That's where we were. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Yeah. That's. <laughs> is that the Temple Bar of the Temple Bar? Yes. That was like, that was like, it was 10 o'clock at night. We hadn't eaten since lunch and we were starving Mm -hmm. and every bar and every restaurant was completely packed. We couldn't find a place to eat. And that place had a table and we went in and it it took so long to get the food, which was cold and terrible. And we were like, at least there's music. And then the music was disappointing. And it was just (laughs) like, you know, you know what you're going to get when you go into a place in Temple Bar. Like I, I have nothing bad to say about it because it does exactly what it's, intends to do right right and uh as it, it certainly makes its money like it's probably the busiest bar in dublin it's the busiest bar in temple bar which is the busiest place in the country in terms of go. tourism and, and irish music so but see i like that was like us the being Diaz naive head. then i guess <laughs> yeah no <laughs> but to see when sean was was off working i went to the stag's head and the in the brazen mm-hmm. brazen head yeah brazen head and a few other places too and they felt a little more traditional but still not not until yeah. we got out to the West Coast. And and, and, and I remember actually when we spoke, you had said you should, we, that we should go check out Ennis, which we were thinking of, but yeah. we went to Galway and spent a little more time in Galway than, than we got a chance. To, and I think I'm we drove Ennis by right Ennis now. on the way. To, that, that's where you're from, right? That's Correctly? where I'm sitting right now, yeah. Yep, yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, Ennis is very, very traditional. Like Ennis will have a lot of Irish trad sessions in the bars, but it'll be very much catered towards the musicians themselves. Like, the musicians will have those sessions and gigs all year round, whether there's people there or not, if you know what I mean. Like, it's a very uh, central to the music tradition in Ennis, and there's a lot of trad music going on all the time, all year round, every week. Even if there aren't punters or tourists, there'll still be music. That must have been a great influence for you growing up then, especially as a musician. Or did you not... Oh, for sure. Or did you become a musician because of Ennis, or a little bit of both? Um... I have cousins that would be very, very well known in the Irish traditional music game um, as music teachers in County Clare. And Are Ennis, they O'Loughlin's well too? They are Custies. Nobody's perfect. And they have a very famous uh, music shop in Ennis where they sell instruments. And it oh, would cool. be one of the most famous music shops in the country, actually. Custies Music Shop. Nice. Cool. And... Uh, they started giving me lessons when I was very, very young. And actually, just so you know, a bit of a random fact, every child in school in Ireland learns the Tim Whistle. Oh, well, we, yeah. We all have to learn it as a requirement. So we, we all start <laughs> we all start out as musicians. And <laughs> we, we, we all have to learn the recorder, but it's the most vile moment of everyone's life when you get a bunch of little kids trying I to think, play recorder. High cross buns. Yeah. I think some of the schools up the country in Ireland, like in Dublin and other cities, have to learn the recorder, but where I come from everybody learns trad. That, will, that would have been way better. Yeah. <laughs> so I want I want to get back to like US versus Ireland in the music scenes because mm-hmm. so in the US our history is very short, right? We're we're the yeah. melting pot. All all of our history was brought over. We don't have a lot of our own traditional history and so our folk music is kind of a 
amalgamation of everything that was brought over 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 the years. So when you go out to hear people play music, you don't hear people playing a lot of traditional American folk music. And if you do, it's kind of gimmicky. And so, you know, there's very few people like playing, you know, she'll be coming around the mountain when she comes, like old, old yeah. traditional, like cheesy American folk music. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to see that, you wouldn't feel like it's like, like it, 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 if a tourist came to America, they wouldn't be able to find that. Like we said, when we, when you go yeah. to Ireland. So by the general public, the people who aren't into the traditional music or they aren't, you know, deep into musicianship, like someone like we would be for the regular kind of passive listener is traditional music and performance kind of part of the culture or is it something that's a little bit unique and a little bit that they need to kind of, you know, seek it out or does it, if I were to go to someone in a shopping mall over in Ireland and talked about traditional Irish music, would they think it's kind of cheesy? Some would. Yeah. Depend, depend on who you're talking to, but the same people would love the likes of Ed Sheeran's new songs with the Irish trad being played in them. So, um, I think, I think a lot of them appreciate it without realizing it sometimes, you know, yeah. like there's, there's a term that a lot of people that wouldn't be directly involved with trad music in Ireland have for trad music and they call it diddly eye. Oh, Jesus, do you play the bit of diddly eye yourself? But, um, well, like, I've done research on that kind of stuff, uh, in the past before. And mm-hmm. I, what I found, and I don't know if this is true, that the source that I said, so when there was a massive, uh, immigration from Ireland over to the States during the, the famine and then again during World War II. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the way that they held on to their culture and traditions primarily was through music and through song, but because they were also poor, they weren't didn't have the ability to bring over personal belongings, so they didn't have a lot of yep. instruments, which is where a lot of the substitute words, you know, yep. the it's called fiddly, fiddly di day and all that stuff. They had to do yeah. that because they had no instruments to play the melodies, and so the, the mm-hmm. these melodies didn't have words, so they used their the, voices to. The poor farmers yeah. in Ireland that wanted to join in on the music but had no instruments could do it with noises that they made with their mouth, but yeah. that was usually for the tunes that had no words, like mm-hmm. um, the the Irish dance tunes. So we'd fill it in with dum diddly idle doodle idle do and all that kind of stuff. But um, and then what it I found was interesting being you know part of. Uh, all of yeah, the, what the I found was interesting was when it when it landed in America, it kind of became more vocalized and it started actually being physically written into the songs, which is where your Torah Loras would have come from mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. The uh, I, fi- I find those non-lexicals within the songs are very different from actual traditional lilting. Like we still have a competition in Ireland in the FLA, which is a big Irish music competition and festival. We still have a competition in l- traditional lilting which is actually a category of music over here. Really? Do you do that? And there's, I, I, I'm not very good. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend listening to me, but there's a lot of people you could listen to. Rob, Robert Harvey is a very good lilter. And um, there's actually a guy in Doolin, um, Porrick Howley, and he has a new Instagram page, Sing and Step with Porrick, and he's he's big into lilting and that kind of stuff. And That's if you want to check it out, like it's, a, it's all really interesting stuff, but... Um, it's still considered a tradition here, whereas I think somewhere in the 1920s, even earlier after the famine, it would have turned into something kind of lexical in the Irish-American songs. That's so there's cool. definitely, you can you can hear the difference between the Toraloras and the tiddly And the traditionals. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's nice to know that it's still actually part of the culture there and it's not forced, it's not 
It's not like we're mm-hmm. doing this because we used to do it and we need to keep it alive. It's 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 being done because it's still a part of the culture, and that that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, sure, Dad, yeah. do you have anything else before we get into some actual music here from Josh? Yes, artists, songs, etc. That we in America think we know about either traditional or or Irish music that we're missing. Like who are we missing and who who are some artists that we should kind of get more on our our radar um, that we should either try to promote or, or listen to more um like for instance uh, you know besides I mean, you sort of the po- po- <laughs> yeah besides besides joshua lachlan um you know everybody loves the pogues and, and everything else but like I'm, i've been lately listening to like glenn hansett you know mm-hmm. um who i found you know about a year ago and stuff and 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 who are some out there that whether traditionalists or not the, the christy moores whoever that um a lot of people are missing because they may not be kind of on the tongue of everybody else well, my, my first and foremost will always be Planxty. That's P-L-A-N-X-T-Y. Who Christy Moore is a member of. That that band also, it, they don't, they're not together anymore, obviously. But it consisted of Liam O'Flynn, Andy Irvine and Donal Lunny and Christy. And they probably changed the face of Irish folk music, like, completely in really? the late 1960s. They completely took the traditional purest form and turned it on its head and introduced new rhythms and melodies and introduced more songs and... They kind of made it more of what it is today, but in a really, really amazing way. Planksteve right. were really influential. Uh, Stockton's Wing, another really influential band from Ennis, actually. Nice. But, um, I see Sean writing it down. Good job, Sean. Yeah, I'm writing <laughs> they, all uh, down. <laughs> yeah. They took the name of their band from the lyrics of a Springsteen song, which That's is right. interesting. But they play, yep. they play trad music and uh, kind of self-composed songs. Mike Hanran wrote a lot of songs that became kind of hits in Ireland I'm not sure how well they did abroad but um, Stockton's Wing are a big one uh, the Bothy Band yeah would be um, a, Shannon Shannon Heaton has a connection with them she she okay. knows them yeah she talks about nice. them a lot um, in terms of more modern trap bands because they would all have been kind of 60s 70s um, bands to listen to at the moment would be bands like um, Skipper's Alley were a fantastic traditional band kind of my age that I, I was actually in university with a few of them. We oh, cool. studied music together. I'm trying to think what other ones you could listen to. Um, there's also, I know what they used to be called, Lankum, L-A-N-K-U-M, who are starting to do very, very well in the folk music scene. Derry Farrell is a fantastic folk singer that's kind of following in the footsteps of Andy Irvine from Planksty. There's there's so many. I, I could name people all day. Like, if you go on, if you go on to Spotify, there's definitely, like, You'll have your kind of generic ones, but then you'll also find some really rich playlists there under, like, people who follow Planksty, for example. You'll find a lot right. of similar music. Cool. John Spillane is another great singer from Cork. Um, I actually play with a band at the moment called The Kilkennys, but they've been around for... I know them. I, I, I've been following them for a few years, actually. Okay. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, I, jo- I joined them last February. If, so I, if I were to year, play but... Irish music in a performance setting, I would love to be in a band like that. Yeah. Multi-vocalist, like I would, I would love that. <laughs> it's uh, it's good fun. fun. I had the privilege as well, actually, for a, about two years to play with a band called The Furies. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, yep, know. yep. But I, yep. Uh, I toured with The Furies in England and Holland in 2019, and they're I was really, following really that tour. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> nice. It was a lot of fun. Like they, they would have been a huge band in the 1960s, the same time as Planksty and the Dubliners, and they would have toured Germany and Holland with the Dubliners and kind of done the same scene as them. They had a very famous song that you probably all know in America, "Sweet 16. 
so can I ask you one more question then? And then I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to say it wrong. Listen, listen, Dor- Dorna. Listen, Varna. Listen, Varna. Okay. Listen Come Varna. on. Come on. That's the greatest song I've ever heard. Sean, I don't know if you've ever heard that one. You played that in one of your, your past sessions that you did on, on your live uh, Facebook site. And that was like, that's a great. So I've been hearing that. I've been listening to that ever since the Christy Moore version. Yeah. And he wrote it and actually. It's hel- hilarious and so dense in the words and everything else that, I mean, that's got to be a difficult one to kind of perform and, and remember. That's an unbelievable song with so much going on on it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think I'm just good with words or something. <laughs> but um, it's a great yeah, no, song. he he wrote that song. There was a huge folk festival in the 1980s in Ireland in a town in West County Clare called Listoon Varna, um, L I S D O O N V A R N A. Oh, and that's what okay, that's what I missed. Yeah, okay. And yeah. Uh, he basically he was going on after Rory Gallagher, who was a very prolific guitarist. I'm sure you've heard of him. And, yes. Uh, he had the job basically of trying to keep the crowd entertained after Rory left the stage. And his answer to that was to write a song about what where he was and what he was doing. So he kind of wrote the song about what was happening at the festival. Wow. And he went on stage and kind of tried to keep the crowd going. And it was a hit. Just Yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> if it's things could song. go viral in the 80s, it went viral. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, All right, Sean, back to you. Sorry, but it took some time up. That, so sorry. we've had a number of musicians on, and when we did have Shannon on, she gave us a little, a little bit of music because she was giving us examples of a, a jig versus a reel versus a um, hornpipe and stuff like that. But she didn't actually sit mm-hmm. down and and play tunes or songs for us. Josh said he mm-hmm. would be willing to play for, perform one or two songs for us. Are you ready? Um, I I suppose so. Ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> sorry, my little brother is. Being noisy. <laughs> I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you choose what you want to do. Uh, we got about fifteen to sixteen minutes left before we have to start paying for the program we're recording on. So. <laughs> no worries. Um, sure, I might give you a tune or two on the banjo and then a song if you want. Yeah, great. Love it. Um. Yeah. Um, do you guys want some examples of a couple of different tunes, or just do you want me to just play and you, say nothing? Or? You do you. Whatever you, what's whatever your favorite tune is to perform, do that, and then whatever your favorite yeah. song is to perform, do that. As a D, as a DJ, I always want people to say, "Hey, will you play something that you really want to play yourself?" And no one ever says that. Yep. No one says, "What request do you have of your own music stuff?" So play what you like. Okay, sure. I'll, uh, I'll stick to the traditional stuff. So there's a very famous band that comes from West Clare, very close to Doolin actually, a town called Kilfenora and they're called the Kilfenora Cayley Band. Cayley Bands were invented around the 1950s. There were groups of 10 musicians that would play for dancers and there would be a hall full of dancers. It was so, like, the way young people go to discos nowadays, years ago they would have gone to social evenings. They were Cayleys and they all learned kind of in, out, step around like a like a barn dance in America. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, the Irish version. And the Cayley Bands provided the music for that. And the longest running Cayley Band in the world is the Kilfenora Cayley Band. And uh, they celebrated 100 years there a couple of years ago. This is one of their famous ones. It's a group of military two-steps called Sweet Marie, I think.
I've got zero talent. What's the I love secret? that stuff. What's the secret Come to playing on. triplets without getting your pick caught on the string? <laughs> That's what I need to know. Practice. My speed is not there. I can't. I I hear. I heard those triplets, and I'm like, God, damn good triplets. <laughs> um, I always I always tell students to kind of run some scales like D major, G major, and arpeggios, but work your way up and down playing only triplets on every note, <sighs> and kind of start doing that with a met. Start doing that with a metronome. And you'll get used to it as time goes. Like, you can work your way up speed-wise. Then you can start with, and then work towards like, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. No For anyone who, who doesn't hasn't hasn't played <laughs> an Irish tenor banjo, that's really hard. <laughs> it's hard to get that to to keep it in time and and get the get the speed well, and then continue playing the notes. It's it's not easy. Um, Thank you so much for playing that. Uh, did did awesome. you have a song in mind too, or um, not particularly? Any requests? <laughs> I can't guarantee I know them. But... I mean, what kind of stuff do you generally like to play? Like, I actually enjoy everything. Like, I'm not solely. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself a purist yeah. by any means when it comes to that stuff. But I do. I do like a lot of the old stuff, and I actually like a lot of the kind of Irish American songs too and the Temple Bar songs and well my favorite I, one from I enjoy the Kilkenny's. it all as long as I'm not it's not a song that I'm uh, requested to play a million times a day yeah well this may be one of those but my favorite one that, that I've seen videos of the Kilkenny's do was uh, the Irish Rover I love the, the way that they do that do you do that one with them I do it with them but I don't do it alone you don't do it yeah it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be great to do alone that's true it's um, right, how, how about I usually, um, I usually play banjo on that one with somebody else yeah. kind of Beating out the the rhythm. How about uh, the parting glass or old triangle or something traditional uh, that way? Yeah, I like the old triangle actually. We can give that a go. This, uh, do you guys know the story of the old triangle? So it was written. It was it was written by Brendan Behan when he was in prison, and uh, he had been in prison for kind of anti-crown protests of cert- of a violent nature that we won't get into. But, um, oh, that's, a, that's surprising in Ireland, isn't it? <laughs> that's never happened before. <laughs> he was a very prolific author and alcoholic, I suppose, <laughs> back in the day. And he spent a lot of time in prison, but from outside his prison window, he could hear the bells ringing. And he wrote this song about the Royal Canal, which is on the north side of Dublin. And the sound, sights and sounds that he heard from his cell while he was sitting in jail. hungry feet came o'er me stealer and the mice they were squealing in my prison cell and the old triangle went jingle jangle banks of the royal canal 
begin the morning A screw was ballin' Said get up You bowsy And clean out yourself As the old triangle Went jingle jangle Bites of the Royal Canal and the lags lay dreaming. Humpy Gussie was creeping as I lay down weeping for my girl Sal. the old triangle It went jingle jangle All along the banks of the Royal Canal Up in the female prison There are 75 women It's among them that I wish I could dwell in the old triangle. Would go jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal. Well, I wish to Jesus That you'd raise my wages Raise them from four pound and ninety To five pound and ten And the old triangle Go jingle jangle banks of the Royal Canal All along the banks of the Royal Canal Well done. God, give me shivers and chills and oh. fantastic <laughs> i wanted to sing along but i would ruin it, so. <laughs> good song great, great song. song yeah i actually got another verse recently from a guy called alan burke and uh not many people sing it but i heard it from him first and it's my father hates me and my mother baits me <laughs> and, <laughs> and i wish to god i was still in my cell <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic josh thank you so much for doing that um we really appreciate it. Me. You know, not a lot of people, I think, are they, they don't want to. I feel bad asking people to like be a dancing monkey, like come on my show and perform. Like, you know, I, I feel bad, but uh, I really appreciate you sharing your music and your talent with us. It, it means well, a lot, and I think our listeners listening. are really going to enjoy it. And um, we only have about five minutes left. Uh, yeah. What's going on with you? What are you up to now? 
what's in the future? I know you got a, a busy couple of weeks coming up. Yeah. And uh, t- tell us uh, what's going <laughs> well, on the, and where uh, people can find you. Yeah. Well, the pandemic kind of slowed us down a little bit. We were supposed to have a full calendar from this time last year up until now, and we've done absolutely nothing. So that's been tough. Yeah. But uh, we've kind of all moved online and tried to adapt and do new stuff. So I've been doing a lot on my Facebook page, Joshua Lachlan Music. You'll find me there. Yeah, we'll link to that in and, the show notes. Uh, yeah, I'm a member of a band called The Box D Gang. We have an album uh, called West Towards Home. That's available on Spotify and Apple Music. I'm also a member of The Kilkenny's, and we do a lot of stuff online too. If you want to check us out, we're hoping to get back touring by the end of the summer. All going well, but as you know, it's all kind of up and down at the moment. World Worldwide or just in Ireland? Um, I think there's tours, well, so far, unless they get cancelled, there's tours coming up in uh, Holland and Germany and Denmark and a few other places like that. We were supposed to do the US last year, but uh, that uh, that got shut down pretty fast. But we'll see how things go. Um, Other than that... What else have we got? We've got. What are you uh, doing? Your forty, your forty nights of. Yeah, I, at the moment play? I've got a series. I, I kind of stopped for a few days because of a dental thing, but um, I'm back on track now. So I'm doing forty days of Lent. It's kind of a challenge I give myself every year to do forty pieces of content, forty videos in forty days, um, on my Facebook page. So I'm working on that at the moment. If you want to check that out, I've got content from last year and the year before, and this year is year three, and. Uh, as well as that, myself and a friend of mine are actually starting our own podcast. We're launching on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, nice. Nice. And uh, he's actually a member of the Boxty Gang too, Christian Dostad in Norway. So we're going to have a podcast and uh, we're actually starting with a live launch on St. Patrick's Day. Very on, cool. At 6.30 p.m. On, nice. on our new page that's called Tura Lura, if you want to check oh, that out. Oh, there you go. It's appropriate. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Tell us about the content the what you, and what you're looking to do. We'll see if we can start to promote yep. it too for you. Oh, cool! Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll plug you guys too. And, uh, yeah, we'd love that. All of that, but um, yeah. So that's going to be called Tour Laura. And other than that, I try to do live streams every Friday, um, most of the time, on my Facebook page too. Otherwise, we'll see what happens. Keep an eye on the page, and yeah. And if people want to contact as soon as you, I do, Facebook. if anything else comes up, yeah. If you want to contact me, it's Facebook is probably the best. It's the one I'm most active on. I have I have an Instagram as well, but the. The handle for everything is Lucky Folk. I think I have a TikTok too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I actually use it, but um, yeah, it's at Lucky Folk, L-O-C-K-Y. Send us some links and we'll make sure we get all of it in the show notes so people can find you. Yeah, cool. That's uh, Yeah, the ad handle for everything is at Lucky Folk, L-O-C-K-Y-F-O-L-K, and you'll find me somehow. And I have to say, and this isn't just pandering, well, it's a little pandering, but it's not too much pandering, that um, as a frequent li- listener on those Fridays, they're good. You should definitely check that out, folks. Um, it's really Thanks, entertaining, man. really fun, and Josh is is uh, very uh, involved with uh, the the, um, the the comments and all stuff. So it's it feels like you're in a, in a live session because you are, you know. So it's nice, it's fun, Cheers, definitely you. good, right. and very talented. All right, well, we got to wrap things up because we're just about out of time. But Josh, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. We really appreciate it. And remember to check out us on social media. We are at YNL Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on Facebook. We also have a Teespring store where you can get some amazing You're Not Listening merch. And I think that's it. Josh, Dad, thanks so thanks, much. Thanks, yep. Listeners. Yeah, thank you so much, Josh. Love to have you back sometime, too. It was great. Great sure, having yeah. you. Yep. Thanks, Amelia. Good to touch. talk to you. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you next time. See you later, cousin.
what would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.